Welcome. Today we have Megan and Sean with us. Hello. Hi. So can you guys tell me a little bit about your relationship with traveling? Do you guys travel frequently or once in a while? Uh, So way back when, when I was three, my whole family moved to Saudi Arabia. And so that was a pretty big culture shift. And it also meant anytime I wanted to go anywhere or come back to the States to visit family, going to be traveling a lot. So I grew up on plane flights all the time, probably flying at least 10 times a year, especially around the Middle East and through London, Great Britain to get back to the States. So yeah, that was my childhood. And then ever since I was about 15, it kind of slowed down coming back to the US to the Seattle area for high school, having much more normal college experience and stuff like that. And then only recently after Megan and I met and uh, had a, a means again to travel and the time to do it, did we start up again. And for me, while Sean kind of dominated the international scene, I've always spent more time in domestic traveling or at least nearby. So until Sean and I got married, I actually hadn't left North America. But I spend a lot of my childhood going to Disneyland, (laughs) so no complaints about that. But also my dad and I are avid scuba divers, so I have been fortunate to have many, many trips to the Hawaiian Islands and to Cozumel, Mexico. So that's my relationship with travel is definitely going to see things that I can't see here at home. And I've gone to the same places a lot of times. And so Sean and I both really like to go see new things and just have cool experiences together. So we made plans after we got married. We didn't go on a honeymoon because we didn't plan our wedding in advance. (laughs) So just as an aside, we threw our wedding together in two weeks. Wow. So we didn't go on a honeymoon because what honeymoon can you plan in two weeks? Did you elope? No, we actually had a wedding in my parents' backyard and everything. Oh, wow. That's very impressive. Yeah, we had catering. We had a professional photographer. We We had the photo booth. We had the bar. We had a sit-down dinner for 100 people. It can be done. But anyway, (laughs) we did not a honeymoon. Our plan was we wanted to do a big Europe trip in a couple years when we had saved up enough money to do it. And so that's exactly what we did. Nice. (laughs) So are you guys going to talk about that trip today? Oh, yeah. We sure are. (laughs) (laughs) I hear there's some truth to be learned. Yeah. Yeah. There's potentially conflicting stories, so I'm excited to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, we'll say it was eventful. Do you want to start, Sean? Yeah, sure. So what it all came down to for us is... A, trip has to happen in the summer because Megan being a teacher, that's the only block of time where we can really commit to going to see all the countries we want to. And we don't even know what we want to see at this point. So giving us time to decide and Mm -hmm. fly around, travel around, what have you. And so how did we end up deciding that it was going to be that summer? Well, I think it started because it was Thanksgiving of the previous Mm, November that your dad kept trying to push us to use some of his British air miles because they were going to expire. And we were like, oh, if you insist. Yeah, don't have to ask me twice. (laughs) (laughs) And so my dad's the reason that my family was ever in Saudi Arabia in the first place. And he has an absolute ton of miles. Like literally 3 million miles. Yeah, on British Air. And so if he's offering, we're going to take it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because there's no way we're going to be able to pay like $2,000 for a round trip flight or whatever it is by ourselves. So yeah, we took him up on that offer. And then 
at that point, once he had booked the tickets for us and we knew the dates, it was, okay, we, we scheduled stuff a month from like the end of July to end of August. So what are we going to do once we land in London to a month later when we leave from the same airport? Nice. So you had the flights there and back, but you left it very open in between to just yep. figure out whatever you guys wanted totally. to do. And, yeah. and another thing that worked out really well with that is at the time, my good friend Jack, who had been in our wedding and knew Megan too, he was going to Cambridge outside of London. And so it was a perfect opportunity to land and go have a place to stay right away with him and kind of get the lay of the land, get your feet under you with a friend. Nice. Also, I had never been to Cambridge or to one of the, you know, like historic European colleges. So it sounded like a a great place to start. Yeah, I, I felt very, well, I just felt like such an American because everything I was like, do they film Harry Potter here? Do they film it here? Do they film it here? Because it just all looks like Hogwarts. And I'm like, I feel so dumb because I know what I'm saying is dumb, but I can't stop thinking it. They could have filmed it there. You don't know. I mean, you don't know. It looks exactly like all those hallways. So a lot of rules that I had to learn about England in general. So that's kind of what got us going. And so, you know, we just knew, all right, July 25th, we fly into Heathrow and August 25th, we come back from Heathrow. And we had countries and culture that interested us. So that's kind of how we built the trip. But apart from the very first week that was all going to be in England and kind of London area, we had no booked plans. So you're being super spontaneous. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I told Mm -hmm. Sean, I was like, I just want to free ball it. Like through as much of Europe as possible. Our goal was not more than a few days in any city. And so it felt quite literally like we were just running all over Western and Northern and Central Europe. (laughs) Yeah. And at first I was really adverse to that plan because, you know, thinking about is the Airbnb that you really want going to be booked if you're trying to schedule only a week in advance versus like four months and stuff like that. We were still pretty new to Airbnb at that point, but I'm really glad that we ended up doing it your way because (laughs) as I usually am, right? Yes. But, (laughs) But it allowed us to really make up our minds like, hey, we really don't want to be in this city for too many days now that we're here. Let's get out of here. Let's go to this other country. We like it here. Oh, let's go to another city nearby for a couple days. So basically after we had landed, taken a bus out from Heathrow to Cambridge and stayed with Jack for four days, we also had it booked out a little further because back in London, another thing my dad has a ton of is Marriott points. So we Mm -hmm. stayed at one of the Marriott's on Hyde Park, which was awesome. And then you're kind of getting like the luxury hotel experience. Everyone Mm -hmm. around you is worth millions and millions if not more dollars oh yeah i swear everyone in the lobby was like an oil tycoon yep or related to one because that particular hotel is in obviously a super wealthy part of london but it's also where a lot of international banks are and almost all of them are like saudi or qatar or kuwait and so it's a whole bunch of people that like sean's dad does business with you know and i was like wow what is it like to be raw I get it now. (laughs) It must be a crazy way to start out a trip, being at this super swanky place and then going on a trip for another month in Airbnbs and hostels or maybe lower end hotels. And I mean, we definitely didn't fit in in the Hyde Park Mayfair area because we're walking into this really nice hotel, right? And we're we're wearing (laughs) backpacks and we're already pretty sweaty because, you know, we've been riding the train for a couple hours. Yeah, we're hauling ass. (laughs) Yeah, and the lady, well... 
it's one of those things where she looks at me and she's like, you're not Robert Johnstone, are you? And I'm like, <laughs> like no. no. It's slightly different. We're his stinky, uncultured children. <laughs> so I've always heard this, but it was different to feel it. But, you know, in England, if you don't fit in, you will know. <laughs> they will let you know. It's very stern and quiet. So did you feel that way just in that area and at that hotel or in England in general when you were traveling around? Honestly, just at the hotel. Yeah. Like, you know, walking around Hyde Park and walking through Mayfair, which is like the district that has the U.S. Embassy in it as you're going east towards like Soto and where all the cool shops and stuff are. That didn't feel weird at all, even though... It's very much like you could not afford to spend five minutes in this building if you were trying to rent it out. But everyone there is super nice and relaxed and chill. But it is one of those things where like even the dogs are way more behaved in Europe. (laughs) Like dogs just walking around Hyde Park and you're like, this dog sees the squirrel, right? And he's just not going for it. Okay. Yeah, it's like you'd see this couple that just looks so cute and put together and they're having a picnic and they have a whippet with them and the whippet is also having a picnic. And and there's a swan gliding past in the water. And we've laughed way too many times about how that is not how our dogs would respond about being <laughs> yeah. in that park. Dogs of other countries, that's a whole documentary. It's a whole itself. topic all in itself. That's a good topic. I like that. <laughs> So when when it really became more of the realistic Europe experience or less planned out one was when we went to King's Cross Station in St. Pancras and then took the international train that you have to go through customs to get on to Brussels Central. And from there, we had an Airbnb reserved in St. Gall which is this high immigrant mixed community. And you can walk there from the train station. So we're kind of looking on Google Maps and we're like, oh, we didn't tell the most important thing. We didn't have a data plan and we didn't have any reception. So we were basically on airplane mode the whole time unless we were in a cafe. I've traveled that way in the past and it's so much more convenient now that international data plans are more of a thing. Yes. But I've definitely been like, you go to a cafe, you go to a hostel, you get some Wi-Fi, you screenshot your Google Maps or write it down and then you go walk somewhere and pray that you can figure out the directions. Yes, I can relate to that very much. So yeah, we're really kind of like we feel in a way like we're going dark in that sense and then something I was going to mention too was that of course we're trying to cram everything into this trip we don't know when we're coming back and so you know we'd been to London now but we hadn't actually seen Big Ben Mm. and so obviously we've got to see Big Ben but we're also like shit you know we have this the train ticket was kind of early in the morning or something like that basically it was total chaos trying to fit everything in and that was that's kind of the theme of the trip (laughs) is like okay before we are literally getting on an airplane or something like we cannot miss what's happening next but we have to try and run around and sightsee (laughs) with our huge backpacks on as quickly as we can and so we almost missed the train I mean we had plenty of time but they were yelling at us (laughs) yeah it's one of those things where they're like you must arrive 45 minutes early to the customs Mm. spot to get on the train. And it's like, we're Americans. They say this all the time at airports, but we really need to be there like 10 minutes early. And then we get there like five minutes early and they're like, oh, you're not going to make Okay, no, I swear we were, we had plenty of time (laughs) though. And I mean, neither one of us likes to be late, but like we totally have plenty of time, but they were grumpy. Somehow we made it. The other thing that was kind of just sort of for the context of the trip, that train goes into Brussels Midi was our stop. And that's the same train station 
situation where not even a month before, I think, was when it was bombed. Oh. Yeah, and so when you yeah. get off the train, wow. there's all the special forces guys with their like huge M16s, M16s or whatever, and they're not messing huge around. assault rifles. And I don't think I've ever seen a gun like that in person. And so, you know, when you're like at the palace square or any of these monuments that obviously there's many of them, every time you walk around a corner, there's like another group of military, like you couldn't really distinguish between what's police and what's military because everything was kind of on high alert Mm. for a very understandable reason. But it was definitely like there was a vibe. Yeah, it's a little chilling to see people with guns. So something we learned is like when you're looking on a map and you're like, oh, we can walk that. Sometimes, no. (laughs) You can walk that, but But you're not going to be happy about it. So anyway, we're looking on the map and we're like, oh, we can walk from the train station to the apartment, like the Airbnb. It's going to be fine. But it was quite a bit longer than we, I mean, it was like three miles or something. And like in your huge pack, I mean, let's get real. Especially because it's like, what time are we getting in? 4 p.m. or something. And then it's going to be dark by the time, Mm -hmm. whatever. Anyway, so I think we did get on a tram, but obviously everything's in French and people always talk about how like French people are snobby and just really what we've learned is it's just French speakers tend to not want to speak anything but French, but who were the asshats who didn't learn any French? Us, yep. So whatever. We're on Duolingo like the night before, like, okay, four words, I, know. I got this. <laughs> bon jour. Okay, we got it. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? So anyway, we take a tram, I think, because I, I don't think we walked the whole way, but we we definitely got off at a stop that well i just remember walking and walking yeah and walking, we walked a so lot so who knows but the thing is the neighborhood we're in is like a desolate place it's pretty run down it's like there's a lot of like bad graffiti one thing that's kind of interesting about the graffiti is there's a lot of graffiti in other languages in many languages so it's kind of interesting but you know apart from that so much there's trash on the ground <laughs> And it's like the kind of place where the only people you really see outside is like an old guy sitting on a chair smoking. So Mm. everything's gray or black or brown. You know, it's very drab and there's just kind of not a super good vibe. And it's like everyone's chain smoking in their houses and then Mm -hmm. it's all just wafting out of the windows. So everything (laughs) just kind of has that faint smell of cigarettes and beer. Anyway, we're walking and we're kind of like, oh shit, this is where we're going to be for a few days. Okay. And we find the street Mm -hmm. where we're staying but it took us a minute to figure out where the actual building is because it's like the whole block is a wall of buildings that are built exactly right next to each other so it's like you can tell that they're Mm -hmm. not the same building but they're wall to wall you know where's the address yeah Yeah. so figuring out well where is the door for this place was really weird and confusing and like the numbers are not very clear we only figured it out finally because we saw the Airbnb owner's name written not a little call box. Oh, wow. But otherwise, we couldn't find the number. And I distinctly remember that it was the sketchiest looking building and door on the whole block. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's how you know it's ours. It was like on either side, one foot wider than the door and then just goes straight up. And so when you go into the building, it's like two units on a floor and it just goes straight up like that which was weird so we walk in and we open the door and there's no light in the hallway and it's literally just a hallway to a staircase and there doesn't appear to be any units on the ground floor there's no window there's no light you know the dust in the air and the one beam of light coming down is illuminating it yeah it's literally that very phantom of the opera yeah and it's like (laughs) creaky wooden i mean it's like an unfinished floor practically so we're like this is how we die and so we start going up the stairs 
because I think she must have told us what floor. Yeah, I think it said next to her name. So we start going up the stairs, but obviously once you shut the main door, it's dark. It's completely fucking dark. Until we get up to the second floor or something, there's a hallway light on and it's literally just a, a light bulb <laughs> hanging down. Yep. And it's flickering. <laughs> you know, it couldn't get any more of like a scary movie. And then yeah. you like look to the right because there's one of the apartments is there and on the door, a kid has drawn a picture. And in this context, <laughs> it is not cute. It's like, oh, the kid that murders everyone. The kid that runs this building. Yeah, and then something that we just discovered the time that we were coming down the stairs is so like we've got the flashlights on our phones because it's pitch black in here and on the ledge that's like underneath the next set of stairs going up there's a fucking gargoyle head Oh my and God. like mannequin parts, like yeah, staring down. There's at you. mannequin parts in the hallway corners, like partially assembled full size mannequin parts. And then there's a gargoyle head on this ledge. And the whole building is silent. We're pretty sure we were the only ones in there. So it was extraordinarily creepy. Were there pictures of this Airbnb? Did you see pictures Not before? The Not the hallway. But <laughs> yeah. But the inside was like cute and cheery, and the lady who owned it is adorable. And I'm like, why do you live in this dungeon? <laughs> yeah. And she had like made us some sort of plum liqueur. Plums she picked herself. Oh. And it was that's delicious. Very sweet. She was like, you can have it. And we were like, we will do that. And we did. <laughs> You're like, I need a shot of something yeah. to <laughs> take the edge of the hallway off. Yeah. Exactly. She was, she was pretty legit. And it was also like, here's how you use their stove. Like, turn on the gas and then get a lighter. And then just like, Pff. yeah. yeah okay. And like, don't leave it on too long or you blow the place up. Like, yeah. it was super sketchy, but it was, <laughs> she was sweet. Thankfully, there was a farmer's market nearby when we were like, okay, so where are we? gonna go not in this district for dinner but as close as possible yeah because so. of course we're starving by this point yeah and so we get to this farmer's market and it, and it was amazing in this like courtyard in front of like a government building and there was a taco truck mm -hmm. so megan could put her spanish to use <laughs> i was so thrilled I almost cried tears of joy because I was like, people I can talk to and they're serving food I love and I know exactly what it is. And it was awesome. Yeah. It was really good tacos. It's nice to see something that comforts you sometimes, especially when <laughs> yes. you're going through a not so great travel experience and you're feeling confused or like you don't fit in or like, what did I do to get myself into this? To see yep. something that you can relate to can be really comforting. Exactly. I was like, I know how to handle a taco truck. I know my way around that. <laughs> it was thrilling. So yeah, the rest of Brussels was pretty cool. It was kind of hard to get past the barrier of the neighborhood. It always felt uncomfortable to do that. But we went down to the main huge square. That was really neat to look around in some of the shops. But it was kind of dreary, especially for like the end of July, beginning of August. So we kind of just stayed ourselves, had some plum liqueur. <laughs> it was good. Good, good times. Yeah. That farmer's market is also the first time I've ever seen someone smoking while holding a baby who was like a yeah. newborn. But she was doing the kindness of blowing the smoke away from the baby. Yeah. It's very classy. <laughs> that's good. The baby. Yeah. So that's kind of, we laugh that that was sort of Brussels in a nutshell is like smoking while holding a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forwarding at the end of Brussels, we take the train to Amsterdam and Amsterdam was awesome. It was like the literal ray of sunshine yes. after being in Belgium because it was bright and sunny. We had an amazing house with amazing host couple and like really cute restaurants less than a block away where everyone's like mm -hmm. parking their bike unlocked in the middle of this roundabout and then you just catch the trolley and you're like sound of music going to the <laughs> center of the city. 
So that was really awesome. So from Amsterdam, we wanted to go to Copenhagen and we had to take the train from Amsterdam and stay the night in Hamburg. So we just had the one night in Hamburg and then we took the train to Copenhagen. So this was our first interaction with Germany. And I always thought that, oh, I could pick up German, I think. And my family's German. And so I was like super excited to go to Germany. I'm like, oh, it's going to be great. And in our escapades in Germany, I realized, okay, maybe German's not my language. <laughs> because it was, like, impossible. German seems really hard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, thankfully, they were so good at speaking English. I only had to yeah. give my broken German a try one time to order at a bakery. But other than that, thankfully, we did not have to use it at all. Yeah. And, you know, I wish we could have explored more of the city. Because we were also staying in a really cool apartment. But that was just kind of how it was. Was. But the the one thing that I will never forget about Hamburg is we were staying near this pastry cafe. It was basically cakes, I think, actually, is all they really do is cakes. And the cake was so good. That was amazing. From Hamburg, then, we took the train to Copenhagen. And there's basically two ways you can do it. Like, you can either take a train that goes on the mainland to Copenhagen. So you kind of go, like, in a C shape almost because you're going with, obviously, the shape of the country. Or you can take the train, and it saves you, like, an hour, I think. Mm -hmm. The train that goes across whatever the name of that bay is. And so that's what we did. So the train just, you're on the train tracks, and then the tracks go onto a ferry and then the whole train travels across the water and meets up with the tracks on the other side and then the train just keeps right on going. It would be the coolest commute ever if you got to do that every day because it's kind of like the Seattle ferries where once you're parked in your car you got to go up top and they have shops and stuff and you get to take in the view but you just got off a train. It was so cool. When we were booking the tickets and I'm looking at the different routes I'm like wait this has, this has the train just going okay, across train. the water. And I'm like, Sean, I'm refreshing Google Maps, and it's still just showing the train going across the water. That doesn't make any sense. And then I read the description, and it's like tells you right there the train goes on the ferry. And I was like, that is so cool. And Copenhagen was also really amazing. I think it might have been in my top three favorite yeah. cities because it is split into a bunch of different little islands where you take cute bridges over, and it's kind of windy, like a uh, port town. But then has a lot of classy, like more like a Vienna style architecture, like in the North District where we were. Yeah, because there's on the waterfront, you see those really classic Scandinavian style buildings. Mm-hmm. But I think what we realized from being in Denmark and then later in Norway is that Scandinavia that's not directly attached to mainland Europe is very utilitarian. You know, there's not a lot of like floofy stuff, but Denmark is kind of in between where it's like very much function is the priority but then you also see a lot of that classic European ornamental design which was kind of cool but in all the Scandinavian places we went we were just amazed at the efficiency and the cleanliness and everyone's so nice but they still have their pastry game is just Mm. like on fire (laughs) so this was the trip of every morning just about started with coffee and a chocolate croissant for me since we've been back I haven't found a croissant I like I've it's been so spoiled true. a high bar yes and one of Megan's best terms she's ever come up with is imitation croissant <laughs> 
which is what I call like American croissants now. And I'm not a snob about food, you know, I'll generally eat anything. But now I can't, I can't eat an imitation croissant. Dude, so you want to get into the tail? <laughs> into the thick of it. I, You know what? I'm ready. So the press for this is we're planning stuff on the fly. We're only looking out about like three, four days in advance. Yeah, definitely and, not more than a week. And one of the things that was in my mind from like the minute we're starting to plan this trip is definitely want to go to Norway because here's so many amazing things about it. And in a total roundabout way, so Oslo, the capital, kind of in the southeast, and then Bergen, the other major city I would say people hear about on the west coast, a little farther north. And I'd heard about Bergen because one of my favorite bands is from there. And I'm, <laughs> I'm watching all their music videos. I'm like, that seems really cool. I want to go there because I'll probably mm. run into the band and then we'll be the best friends. <laughs> but then as I'm looking around the city, I'm like, oh, that's also where Sogenfjord mm -hmm. is, like the biggest mm -hmm. fjord in the world. And everybody wants to go there to experience the outdoors and the riverways and stuff around there. So I'm like, okay, we definitely have to go there and we should get out of the city, go on a guided tour so we can see all the natural wonder. Yeah. And so at about the time we're in Amberg or Copenhagen, we're like, okay, we have to book this tour and oh, it looks like we're gonna have to plan our flights to kind of skip over Oslo once we leave Copenhagen and go directly to Bergen because the only day they had available, like we would have to fly straight there yeah. to make it. We had already booked the Copenhagen to Oslo flight and then we realized that the only day left for this tour, we just needed to then find a connecting flight from Oslo to Bergen right away. Yeah. And so the one thing we didn't know about our Copenhagen Airbnb is that they didn't have Wi-Fi there. So we're also like walking in the morning to like find the nearest Starbucks so we can get Wi-Fi for yeah. a couple of hours. So like, okay, screenshot this map and screenshot this plane ticket and screenshot, <laughs> screenshot. So I think that was most of the photos we took realistically. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> well, and I do want to interject that Sean and I are super snobby anti-Starbucks people. <laughs> and we really had to get over that yes. for this trip because it's the one place where you know there's going to be free Wi-Fi and it's going to actually work. And so thank you, Starbucks. <laughs> and we're also so spoiled being in the Pacific Northwest where you can get iced anything if you want to drink. Yeah. And oh. that is not the case in most of Europe. Yeah, so. maybe later we can talk more about how I asked a very sweet old Italian man if I could have an iced coffee and he was like, get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, like it was an abomination <laughs> for him. We should definitely talk about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as we're planning the whole tour of the fjords and getting to Bergen. We only have limited time during the day to do this. And we only had, I think we only had two full days in Copenhagen, right? I think so, yeah. So yeah, it kind of gets to the eve of the second day where we're gonna be leaving for Oslo in the morning. And we're like, okay, we got everything, you know, at Starbucks today, everything's looking good. We have our connecting flight, let's do this. So we also had a jam-packed day even before getting on the plane because we're like, okay, we didn't really get to the Castellet, which is the island southeast of the city where they have all these amazing castles and old government buildings. So we're like, got to do a morning tour of that before it gets crowded and then go a little walk around the city, get on the plane, mm -hmm. right? You guys are hardcore, I have to say. Oh yeah, it was balls to the wall, for sure. We were first in line for that tour, I think. I believe wow. it. Yeah. That Let's like just go us. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Number one. Mm -hmm. When we wanted to go check out this conservatory too. And so, you know, we're like running around doing that too. And it's like, do you want to go see the aloe plants, Sean? Yes. Okay. There they are on the map. All right. Let's go. So we're like hauling all over <laughs> the botanical gardens. And then of course we, you know, we go into the greenhouse to look at the tropical plants. So we're sweating and we have all our stuff with us because we're like checked out of the Airbnb now because we're going to go straight from here. So we're walking up all these like rickety little metal 
metal stairs and it's like dripping from all the humidity and stuff. And so, you know, we check everything out and then we're like, okay, we gotta go, we're on a time crunch. So we get on the plane and we land in Oslo and things are going great. And at this time we're about halfway through our trip and like, we're feeling good. Like I'm honestly feeling cocky about how well we have a system. things have gone. You know, yeah, we have a system we with our stuff. We've walk for several We've miles packed our things so many times now that we can pack in way less time and we feel like we've really figured things out. So we land in Oslo and we have a little bit less than an hour layover for the next flight. We get off the plane, we get our bags at baggage claim, and then we go to check into the next flight. So we pull up the confirmation code and I type in the flight information and nothing comes up. And I'm like, what the and I'm like looking at the email and I'm like, yeah, this is the right time, the right day. Like, And we're looking on the big screen and our flight is not on the big screen of flights that are leaving. And so I'm like, how could this be happening? So we try on the little computer thing again and I'm getting stressed out now because we have a short layover. And again, like the boat leaves in the morning, we need to be on it to go yeah, to this Yeah, it leaves the next tour. morning at 8 a.m. from the central yeah. station in Bergen, which we have no idea And it's idea like it approaching 7 p.m. in Oslo right now. So we're like, okay, we'll go to the customer service and figure out what's going on. So we're waiting in line, and this is in the period of my life where I'm living with untreated anxiety. (laughs) So I am like beside myself, and Sean's like, Megan, we just have to wait in line. We just have to, and I'm like, okay, well, these people probably don't have problems as big as ours, Sean. You know, it's like (laughs) one of those things where you're like, but don't they know I'm really special? So, (laughs) but they are taking forever. They are taking forever, though. (laughs) Of course, the time when you need to use it. They're like, everyone's on their lunch break. Can I get another seat for my kid because he's more of like right side of the. He's kind of a. He's more of a two seat child. (laughs) He just is into that. So anyway, so I'm freaking out. We finally get up to the line, and the guy helping us is like, you know, okay, what's going on blah 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 we explain the whole thing and he is sort of confused looking at our confirmation code and he goes oh this is for the the other airport in oslo in oslo they have two they have two oslo has about seven hundred and fifty thousand people it's about the same size as seattle and they have two fucking airports for that city for some insane reason and our flight was leaving out of the other one. Oh. So there is absolutely no way we're making that flight because... Yeah, it's about 45 it's, minutes yeah. away. Wow. Yeah. And so it's going to be gone by the time we would get there. And of course, we have to go through security and all that shit. And as we're talking to this guy, he's trying to help us out. There's no other flights that night. The earliest flight is at like 5 a.m. or something. And we're like, mm, that's probably it's not going to work. Yeah. Well, and the thing that's so funny is it's like he's being nice but also you can tell he wants to say well no all the other flights are booked because scandinavians plan ahead you pack of morons you know i mean <laughs> and there's not like a red eye or anything they don't no do that. that's like not a thing they're like no we're we're scandinavian we go to bed at night and we wake up in the morning <laughs> yeah. and like normal people because it's healthy and what do you guys do <laughs> so anyway i'm just like oh i hate myself so hard especially because who's the one who actually clicked all the buttons on the website <laughs> me Save that for the record. Yeah, so anyway, let the record show I fucked that up. <laughs> so To be fair, though, it's one of those things on Kayak where it's like you can search for the whole city or you can choose a specific airport and you're just like, one airport per city. It's the it's same great. thing. Yeah. yeah, you assume Not it's the same, same exactly. thing. And I mean, that's what we've done the whole time leading up to this point for much bigger cities. So yeah. it's like, in my mind, it didn't even occur to me. So anyway, the guy's like, he told us where the train booths are and said, you 
you know, you can go and see if they have any train tickets. For reference, Oslo and Bergen are about the same distance, I think, as like Seattle and Spokane. And mountains in the middle. So not an insignificant distance. So we go down to the train ticket area and we're like, oh my God, there's a train that leaves tonight. Like, fuck yes. And it's a night train. You know, it's going to be expensive, but whatever. And so then we're trying to buy two tickets for that and it's giving us this error message. So we call the attendant over to help us and he's like, oh yeah, it's giving you that message because they're sold out. And we're like, oh, God, okay, well, (laughs) is there a way to hold on to the top of the train? (laughs) Or like, I'll just sit, I'm only 5'1", I'll just curl up really tiny in the corner. How about that? Like, Like, I'm the size of someone's luggage, maybe. Yeah, it's okay, I'll just be, yeah. So anyway, so that doesn't work. So literally all the trains ever, you know. So then, yeah, he directs us to the buses. All the buses are full. What? And so we've exhausted basically all the transportation options that exist. And I do want to just point out that, as everyone knows, Norway is fucking expensive. And on top of that, we got this fjord tour like only a few days before we're going on it. So it's like maximum pricing. And the whole reason I came to this damn country is because I want to see how beautiful it is. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, I paid for that trip. I'm going on it. (laughs) Because Sean's kind of talking to me about like, well, should we just like forego the fjord tour mm-hmm. and then I'm like meh, meh, meh. and you know and the <laughs> other thing is like it's nighttime now and we have nowhere to stay and yeah. obviously we lost some money we spent on the flight that we weren't on yeah but then also we've already paid for the Airbnb in Bergen yeah. and the fjord tour and all that and really quickly on the Airbnb note the place we booked it's this lady Amy's first time renting it out right and she offered to pick us up at the airport and Aww. drive us home so like so we can't her. let her down yeah we can't let Amy down <laughs> <laughs> We're because all really doing this for Amy. For Amy. Yeah. yeah. Cliffhanger alert. Tune in next week to hear the rest of Megan and Sean's amazing story. Trust me, it's just getting started and you all are going to love it just as much as I do. Hey Globetrotters, thanks for listening to Trinspo, the travel inspiration podcast. If you want more Trinspo in your life, you can visit us at Trinspo.com. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter, where our handle is at Trinspocast, or email us at Trinspocast at gmail.com. Also, when you have the chance, please head to Trinspo.com slash review and leave us an iTunes review so that other listeners can discover our podcast too and get inspired for their next adventure. Thanks for coming along for the journey.